Welcome to Other Than Sports. Each episode features a unique guest who shares lessons learned through sport, their career path, where they are now, and what they're excited about for the future. You'll hear perspectives and examples that inspire and show that regardless of where you are on your own journey, you're not alone. Are you ready? Let's dive in. All right, welcome to episode four of Other Than Sports. We're, we're joined today by a very special guest, uh, Christian Ponder. For, for those listening who don't know much about Christian's career, uh, former collegiate athlete at, at Florida State University, first round draft pick uh, by the National Football League, played with uh, multiple teams in the NFL, and currently, and I think most uh, impressively, uh, co-founder uh, of a new business community for athletes called The Post. Uh, very impressive so far. I've, no, I've, I've raised you know significant capital from a number of the top venture capital firms out there. So, and plans I think in early 2023 to open up their first private club uh, in New York City. So a lot of exciting things underway. Christian, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Joe, thanks for having me. Thanks for the introduction. Great. Uh, I, I, I'll kick us off with the first question. I think uh, you know we discussed prior to this. I think really you know we know a little bit about the post, but. In your own words, you know, what is the post and, and what are you guys looking to get out of it in the future, you know, for athletes? Yeah, look, the, the post is really, uh, it's something that I wanted that, that didn't exist. And so it's, I'm in this, this unique spot to build something that uh, that's just for me and hopefully resonates with other people. And it has, right? We, we obviously did some validation um, with, with other people who happen to be athletes or former athletes and, and just felt the need to exist. But the idea was, you know, when I left sports behind, um, and, you know, hung up my cleats, moved to New York City and, you know, started pursuing my, my next career and, um, you know, joined some communities that were already existing, like Soho House. And uh, I looked at YPO. I looked at uh, another place called Core Club here in the city and um, all obviously tremendous organizations, but just didn't feel like that, that I belonged to those specific places because, um, because I, I'm so deeply ingrained in like my, my identity been an athlete my whole life and so um just didn't felt like those specific communities were geared for for the athlete experience or, or the athlete identity and so um that's that's when the light bulb went off on um if i'm looking for something that doesn't exist maybe i, I need to go build it and and so um that's what we've been doing for the last 18 months or so and, and basically the post is is uh it's like the next locker room right when you talk to so many athletes about what you miss about sport so many times the answer is i'm i miss locker room which is just another word for community and so how do we build an exclusive place for former collegiate professional olympic athletes who are pursuing their next career in business and what we want to do is uh imitate what we had when we played right when we were on team sports you had your teammates you had coaches you had trainings and playbooks that were all geared towards becoming the best athlete you could be and and for us, what we fully believe about athletes is they can have tremendous performance and uh, business as well. And so how do we recreate that type of space where we have your teammates, your coaches, the right training and playbooks for you to be the best professional you can be? And, and so that's that's the idea of the post. Like you said, we'll, we're starting here in New York City and building out this community uh, that we'll launch here in, in January 2023. And um, and then we'll, we'll go city to city after that. But uh, a lot of exciting things happening. And it's been it's been a, a challenge, but a lot of fun to bring this to life. No, yeah, that's great. I, I think yeah, for me, it's uh, always look back and uh, 
I wasn't uh, these guys. No, I wasn't the most stellar collegiate athlete though. I was on the team, but I, I always look back and say, sometimes I, I might not miss playing the game because of some of those aspects, but I definitely miss being part of a team and that, and that competition, yeah. that winning aspect for sure. And that, like you said, that camaraderie uh, is something I, I certainly miss. Yeah. I mean, look, we've right to, to play baseball at, at Yale or at any college or, you know, any sport at, at any of the highest levels, whether it's collegiately professionally or Olympics, like, you had to start at an early age playing sports, right? And so, and, and you've kind of been so narrowly, narrow, had narrow vision on on that specific part of your life to achieve those highest levels. And so, you know, it's so deeply ingrained in who we are. It just didn't make sense for me that we just turn that identity off and we walk away from that community. Yeah. And uh, and so how do we bring everyone together again? And and not just to be together, but again, to push each other to to achieve more. Christian, can you talk a little bit more about like the identity piece, right? Because regardless of when, uh, you know, either you quit sports or sports quit you in terms of being an active athlete, that that identity piece all of a sudden goes away. It happened for me yeah. right out of college. I'm sure it happened to you. Did you feel that as you hung up the cleats? Uh, do you think, you know, you mentioned continuing the locker room. Do you think it's possible to like just make that identity evolve into something else off the field. Talk to me yeah. a little bit more about that. Yeah. I mean, look on, on paper, uh, I thought the transition was going to be easier than it was for me. And, and, um, and yeah, I, 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 I identify as an athlete. Right. And, and again, I mean, I, I started playing youth sports at the age of like four and, and then up until I was 29 or whatever it was, uh, 28, like I played sports. And, and then suddenly I'm, I'm not anymore. And so it was a bit of an identity crisis. And um, a lot of people say like, well, you know, well, it's not just your identity or, you know, it's time to go. It's, it's not basically trying to deny the fact that like, or, or try to convince you that it shouldn't be a part of your identity. And I, I disagree with that. I, I think. And so for me, I've tried to spin it in a new way of um, like business is not, much different than sport, right? It, it requires a competitiveness. It requires a high performance. It requires a lot of tremendous hard work to to improve and and to achieve. And you're going to have successes and you're going to have failures and you got to be gritty. You got to set goals, right? Like all the things that we've done as athletes when it came to sport. And, and so we always say like business is sport. It just doesn't have a, a bat and a ball or on a field or whatever. Um, and so I think what what I missed the most again was, was, and I think what a lot of guys miss is, is, uh, is the communal aspect, right? It's the relationships. We had such strong bonds with our teammates and, and as, as we were in the common pursuit of, uh, of a single goal to, to, you know, to succeed at whatever our sport was. Um, and so, especially now, like when I, when I go around New York city and I'm meeting new people, like the people I instantly connect with, are usually athletes and, and it's happened so often. If you look at our cap table from the post, like no matter what fund that, that they came from that invest in the post, everyone that's on our cap table had to be, or happened to be a former collegiate athlete. Because I think, again, there was an instant connection to this idea. There was an instant connection to, to us as a company who's, who's all former athletes. And, um, and so I, I think it's okay to continue with that identity. Obviously it's, it's now being okay with, yeah, I'm not, I'm not in the pursuit of specifically in sport, right? I'm not on the, on the field. I'm not, you know, on the baseball diamond or on the football field or the soccer pitch, whatever it is. Um, but I can still be with that same group of people 
um, still being competitive. It just happens to be, you know, in the boardroom or the office or, or whatever our, our kind of our next, our next sport is. Yeah. And I, you know, we can, I know we can just switch gears or David, you know, if you have a question, but I think it's, is it almost like, you know, serendipitous that this is occurring post COVID or in a post COVID world where communities have in a lot of ways probably broken down, you know, the benefits of work from home are great, but at the end of the day, you're not getting those personal relationships that, you know, when I first started in my job and I have very close relationships with folks I worked with, and that's what I look for in my early career was, you know, people I want to work with for the long term, and you don't see those folks as often as you used to. And, you know, you're working at home by yourself, you know, it just seems like a great you know, timing. Was that at any way connected or again, is it more just by coincidence? Uh, I think it's, it's definitely by coincidence and it gives us tremendous tailwinds as, as we go try to build this business. But I think you even look pre COVID, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure all of you watch social dilemma and, and know the stats around like the increasing level of isolation and loneliness that, that we've all experienced, I think primarily driven by social media and, um, and also, I think you look at like church, right, was the center of community and society for so long. And that's not necessarily the, the case in today's society. And so um, I do think you have a lot of these people that, you know, even just outside of being an athlete, like looking for the places to belong and, and, and feeling this sense of loneliness. And for us, I think it was just only natural to create the community around the, the, the boundary of, of being an athlete. And so, again, I think there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of strong bonds around that that core identity, a lot of opportunity to build a really strong community. And again, not you know, for us, like we don't want to just provide a place to belong. We want to provide a place to belong that accelerates your your whatever your goals are in, in business and provides that support system that that we all had uh, when we were playing sport. Yeah, I I, I would um, kind of on that note. I'd be curious. You know, we've talked a little bit about what you're building, what you're chasing. Uh, I'd be curious where you turn for inspiration, right? Like what's, wh- what are you looking at to, to, to find the vision as you roll this out and, and kind of, uh, you know, expand, launch and expand? Yeah, like you're saying, inspiration is in like similar business models or? Uh... Just j- more just in general, less, less looking at similar business models, but more just, you know, what grounds you in life? What, do you, what are you motivated yeah. by? What, do you, what are you looking at for inspiration? Yeah, I mean, look, there's a there's a lot of few, a lot of things. I mean, number one, it's um, from a, from a, a a business perspective or a, a pursuit of success. Number one, it, it's my family, right? Like, I got to provide for my family, and uh, obviously, a startup um, doesn't provide much opportunity to, to uh, provide for family, especially early on. And and so, uh, I remember someone asked me the question uh, because I think someone sees like, oh. A, someone who's drafted in the first round and, and is, a, is a professional athlete played in the NFL for however many years. Like, um, do you need this? Like, because the idea of like people who are desperate for their startup to work will do anything. And, and, uh, and it doesn't seem like you necessarily need this to succeed. And, and I disagree with that. Like I, um, you know, I, I, our family dynamics, my wife works for ESPN, right. She's kind of been um, the main provider since I've retired. I, I, I don't want that dynamic to continue. So for me, it's like, I, you know, I need this to exist to provide for my family because there's not really another option right now. Um, But also just my own internal feelings about 
uh, and, and, you know, and seeing society's portrayal of athletes, right? Like everyone talks about the 30 for 30, the, the broke episode, right? It was all about athletes in life after sport and the statistics with NFL players are, I think 80% of NFL guys are broke or divorced within two years of retirement. And I think with, with the NBA players, it's like 60% after five years. And, um, and so I, I think, you know, the, the issue of transition out of sports is a complex issue. Uh, and I think for me, it was, was a, as I left and over a three-year process, just really thought about why and why I was even struggling to transition. To me, it came down to four things. And it was, you know, a loss of identity that we've already talked about, a loss of community that we've kind of already talked about. Um, it's a loss of, of routine, right? Like when you guys played baseball, when I was football, like everything was orient, oriented around the sport. And, um, and we were always told what to do, when to do it, how to do it by people. And so, you know, there was this loss of, of, of structure and routine, especially I, I grew up in Texas where football is pretty much a religion. And then went and played division one college at Florida state, like football was the end itself and everything else was a means to that end. Right. Like I went to school to stay eligible to play. I took care of my body. I worked out like all these things were oriented around football was the end goal. And what happens when the end itself ends, right? Like you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. And so um, how do we convince current athletes or former athletes, like playing sport has to be for another reason, right? Like football can't be the end itself. It has to be a means to a different end. And, and so that end still exists even when sport is over. And, and so I think, a lot of motivation has been how, how do we solve the crisis that so many athletes experience when they're done? Because it is such a shared experience between so many. It hits some people harder than others. Um, but even guys that play baseball at Yale, like, you know, that transition's not is not easy for, for a lot of people. And, and so that's been a big motivation. It's, you know, this is a service business. We want to serve yeah. um, athletes and, uh, and help them when, when life, uh, life after sport is, is uh or when sport is over and, and they're in the next chapter of life so i think that's like really interesting because those four kind of pillars could be applied at any time that you're going to transition from one thing to another especially sports um do you think you could go back to your college self and coach yourself up on those four things of like hey you're going to experience like would you listen like put yourself back in those shoes yeah and think about it and be, or would you just like blow it off? Like, what would you tell a college kid now who might listen to this and be like, yeah, I don't really need to worry about that right now. Yeah, it's hard. And, and it's a good question yeah. because I, I don't know the answer to that. Obviously I would want to, you know, out of being a little bit older and maybe a little bit wiser that like, of course, you know, yes, I should listen or I'd want to listen. I, I mean, look, I, I was all in on football and yeah. right. I had dreams to, to play at the collegiate level, to play at the NFL level. And, um, and was, was so focused on that, that I, I didn't have now, obviously, like I knew academically what I wanted to do, but I think even academically, it was just checking a box. Like I, you know, when I went and got my MBA, obviously they recommend, Hey, like you, you get your undergrad, you go work for a few years and then come back and get your MBA. And, and I didn't have that opportunity. I, you know, I got my undergrad pretty quickly and, and still had three years of eligibility left that I needed to just you know, start a master's degree. And so fortunately I was able to get in the MBA program, but um, I even still like going into class, it was about staying eligible and checking the box and not necessarily learning to prepare myself as a business professional. 
Um, and so definitely missed out on a lot of opportunities. I think the biggest thing I missed out was, you know, I, the best thing that athletes can do is network while they're there, right? Like establish your network. And, and obviously you guys at Yale, has, you have a tremendous network to plug into. And I think every university has some sort of network that, that provides a tremendous amount of value. And, you know, us as a society, we really, you know, we're a sports obsessed culture. And, and so I think there's such an opportunity for all athletes who are current student athletes, like for obviously focus on academics, but like so much of success and business and everything in life is about relationships. And so when you have the opportunity to meet these boosters or go to events or establish relationships with other student athletes, um, so much of life is about relationships. So like pursue those relationships, every opportunity that you have. And, and a lot of times it'll be fruitful when, when sport is over. No, yeah, I think that that that's the hit in the nail on the head. I think that's what we've noticed, you know, amongst ourselves, how important that is. And you know, looking back at our collegiate careers, and you know, we probably could have done more to set up our professional lives. And we're trying to, I think, impart some advice or, or maybe try and change the culture. And I know at, former athletes understand this, but you know, being an athlete and, and dedicating yourself, there's so many skills that you can take from that that translate to the professional world that go unnoticed that you can't put on a resume to say I worked at Goldman Sachs for a summer and you know everybody opens their eyes at that but the same thing I think goes you know you just played football at Alabama for four years god I can't imagine what that's like I mean that's a professional program I mean you're as much of a professional as anything and what that the time so you know piggybacking off of that you know, now, you know, transferring from, I guess, the, the college self and what you would tell yourself from there. But did you use, I mean, and I'm sure you have, but maybe speak more about it. But when you were going to these venture capital firms and maybe speaking to maybe the startup community or, or athletes out there that are thinking about open or starting their own small business, did you actively understand that you were utilizing those tools when speaking to these? Because I, I, again, I'd imagine that you were, but I'm just curious. You're, you're yeah. Yeah, look, I, I think, again, everyone on our cap table happened to be a former collegiate athlete, at least. And so I, I think there was a, a mutual respect there. I think probably the biggest fear was like, yeah, you're an athlete, but you have no operational experience. I, I just fortunately have a great partner who you know, is a former president of Under Armour and, and then went to Equinox uh, Media and launched their uh, their digital platform called Equinox Plus now. Um, so, but I think going back, to what you touched on early, early in that question around the idea of like, look, uh, in, uh, you know, EY actually did a survey a couple of years ago that that uh, interviewed a bunch of Fortune 500 executives around. And one of the questions was like, what's your biggest uh, fear for the future of business? And they said that the lack of soft skills in the workforce is going to be the biggest detriment to the future of business. Um, and tell me that athletes don't have possess all the soft skills, right? Like, Again, like the ability to work hard, the ability to work on teams, be coachable, deal with success and loss, uh, work tremendously hard to improve, being introspective, right? Like as athletes, we're so good on, um, like as a quarterback, oh, I got to I gotta fix my five-step drop. I got to fix where I'm looking uh, on this certain play or, or my throwing motion, I'm dropping my arm too low. I got to make that, like, we're so good at looking at ourselves and how can I get better? And so um, we should be doing the exact same thing in business, but we have all these things that we've already utilized that we've taught since we were five years old in sport through college and professionals, whatever, whenever our, our sports career ended. 
those are the exact thing, thing, same quality it takes to be successful at anything else in life. And so, you know, as an athlete, maybe I don't have the soft skills or the hard skills to be a, a computer engineer or whatever it is, but you have the soft skills to be good at whatever you want to pursue. To me, it's so much about confidence, right? It's just like when we played sport, right? As a quarterback, if I wasn't confident going into a game or I had a bad play and it impacted my confidence during a game, like I was not going to be good. And so I think a lot of athletes deal with this lack of confidence and insecurity when they transition to the next thing because their secure place was being an athlete on the field. And now this insecurity of, of kind of I'm, I'm on my own, I don't have my team, I'm in a new environment with new types of people, and uh, I'm not fully confident in my abilities to, to do whatever I'm doing well. Like, but, but you should be because, you again, you have so many tools in the toolbox to be successful. And, um, you know, as, as time will tell, as, as people pursue whatever they're pursuing, like hopefully they become more confident in, in those skill sets. But there's so much being, you know, society views athlete, being an athlete is, is a liability, right? Like the, that's why we come up with sayings is like, I'm more than an athlete or athlete and. and we don't say that about a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher. I'm more than a teacher. I'm more than a doctor or anything else. It's only about athletes. And But we fully believe that being an athlete is a tremendous asset. And we all should be proud of being athletes. And and uh, again, like it's, it's such a competitive advantage in the workforce. Yeah, I think one of the things, and you're kind of touching on this with confidence, is uh, work ethic and success don't always go hand in hand. So as athletes, like we understand – Hey, I might work harder than anybody on this call right here or, or anyone on the field. And I might still be the worst that day. Right. Like, yeah. which is just a crazy concept. And that doesn't happen in a lot of places. Um, but on that point of confidence, right? Like navigating confidence throughout an athletic career as an entrepreneur, when you're pitching VCs, uh, there's a lot of moments where there's probably many failures, micro failures, whatever you want to call them. How do you make sure like, is it like positive self-talk you lean into to make sure your confidence stays up? Like, how do you approach that when you start hitting? Yeah, yeah. well, I, I think like same as when I was an athlete, like, and, and I'm, I'm dealing with this, this with my eight-year-old daughter right now. Like if I had a failure, I would, I would get mad and it would become a motivating fa factor for me. Like if I threw an interception or I had a bad game, like that next day, like, okay, I'm, I'm in the film room or I'm working on these things. Like it was, to me, I, it made me put in so much more effort. Um, and my daughter, on the other hand, like just gets frustrated and she wants to stop. And, and then I get even more frustrated because I can't, I can't relate to that. And like, it's not, it's not good. I gotta, I gotta figure out how to be a better dad in that specific scope. But, um, and so for me, same thing, like if, if someone turns me down, uh, from a venture standpoint, or we mess up a, an event or whatever it is, like I, I, I get mad and my problem is I, I internalize and I, it makes me refocus a little more and just put in more effort and how are we going to get better here? And what can I do better as a CEO? What can I do better, you know, as a communicator or whatever? Um, it just makes me grind a little harder, focus a little more um, to get better. But I, you know, Chris, going back to originally what you said, I, I will say maybe work ethic doesn't guarantee success, but a lack of work ethic can pretty much guarantee a failure. Right. And so, um, I do think that as an athlete, I did have this ability to contribute to um, the probabilities of success. Obviously, it wasn't 100%, but could contribute to probabilities of success determined by my work ethic, right? If I worked harder than someone else, my odds of being successful increased, right? Like I wasn't the most talented guy on the field, but I, 
I worked my butt off in high school and in college to get to where I was. And, um, and so I, I, I do think that you're right. Like it's not guaranteed success, but, but the opposite's also true. Like it could pretty much guarantee failure if I'm not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, that's, uh, I'll turn it to data, but just, yeah, I always, cause uh, we, we talked to, you know, I said, I wasn't a star collegiate athlete, but, um, I certainly, and I know I, I'm not, again, it's not something like patting on the back, but that was something I was big on. I always harp to, to younger folks, like still work hard. Like I was on the bench, but I was working out and, and practicing just as much or if not more than other people, because like you said, that opportunity can come about and you need to be ready for it. So it, yeah. just because the, you know, the results aren't, aren't coming in, you know, you got to still put in that work because, and I, I always say too, I just, I owed it to my coaches and my teammates. And I think that's something that translates to the workforces. You know, I feel blessed with the opportunity of the job that I have. And, um, you know, I just owe it to, to my company and to the, you know, team members around me to work hard because if I'm not, I'm not, you know, punching that card every day, you know, what's that to say that they're not going to do that for me. And then that just obviously brings total team success down. So yeah, it's just always interesting. And to hear those types of skills are always just transferable and, you know, making sure folks know that. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I'd like to build a little bit maybe on like the team aspect, because when we're thinking and, you know, maybe some folks who are listening to this are just finishing up their college career, they're joining the workforce, you're going from, you know, a team environment that you've spent such, you know, a majority part of your life in, um, in a team setting, and you kind of get thrown into more of an individual setting, especially in those first few years out of college, right? You're trying to put your head down, work hard, learn as much as you can. Um, you're not necessarily a people leader at the start, right? It's, it's proving yourself, how, you know, maybe what advice would, would you have for those folks who are looking to like balance going from, you know, being such a strong team contributor to being a strong individual contributor, but knowing like, hey, that's just the start of yeah. this like evolution and becoming a, 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 you know, business leader. Yeah. Well, look, it's even from a individual performance standpoint, you're still contributing to the betterment of the team the performance of the team as a whole right in, in terms of the corporation and you know to me it's it's no different than transition now i will say it's gotten different in the last few years where like true freshmen are playing more but like it was no different for me when i was you know playing well in middle school and then i was placed on the freshman team i had to work my way up to the varsity team or when i got to florida state and i'm the four string quarterback doing scout team and um you know, not really feeling like I was a contributor to the team in the sense of like I wasn't playing, and um, and then you got to climb the ladder. It's just, it's to me, it's, it's the same transition. Um, you were lower on the totem pole. You you gotta you gotta earn your opportunity to be the starter on the varsity, but um, and it, and that takes a lot of humility and and hard work and uh, and sacrifice and maybe not getting the attention that the the starters get, but um, but that's what athletes do, right? Like we we understand team. Uh, dynamics and it's not about me it's about the the greater good of uh, of the team but if I get better as an individual performer that's going to impact the team and I'm going to get promoted right because if I'm a star player eventually I'll you know the cream rises to the top and so I think um, like that that's where the competitive juices should should start getting like flowing right like we're all competitors I mean that's one of the, the biggest defining aspects of an athlete and so go compete like 
if you got to make up an opponent, make up an opponent, but like go compete and, and take care of your business. Right. Like, I think that's what's so great about teams and, and what we know as athletes, like we are accountable to the team and our performance impacts the rest of the team. So, so like, there's so much, again, there's so much sport analogy in business. It's all the same. It's all the same stuff. Um, I think our, my biggest problem is it's not necessarily the same people that we're used to being around. And that to me is the biggest, one of the biggest things um, that's different about, about business as, as opposed to when we were on sports teams. Um, it's getting, getting used to those different types of relationships because it is different. Uh, and that's what, that's, that's where I saw the opportunity for the, the post to be created. But, uh, but again, like there, it, it, it's still sport. It's just, it's a different type of sport. No, I think that's a great point actually. And I, I've mentioned in some of our early episodes, my struggles of transitioning to that role now as a, as a people leader and a manager, I'm used to the motivating factors of an athlete, but not the motivating factors of people who did other things, which is totally fine. And they had their own ways of motivation, but again, like yeah. similar, like anger or, or frustration that, that, that puts me to work, but that's not necessarily <laughs> a motivating factor for the team. I, yeah. I, have a, I do have a question for you, Christian. I, you know, and I think you can just speak to this because again, we're trying to reach a, a broad audience here. And at the end of the day, this other than sports, I mean, comes from the famous NCAA tagline. There's 300,000, you know, NCAA college athletes and they go on the pro and something other than sports. I mean, you played at Florida state university, uh, you know, a top premier program. When we were playing our, our, our division one baseball, it was still D one, but by and large, we were not getting the, um, you know, treatment or, or the cool you know things that you think of when you're thinking of uh top the 20 the program. 20 fans in the stands weren't cutting it yeah, for yeah you exactly. 20 is very generous yeah very that, was generous. A, that was that was a big day um uh, no but yeah you 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 went to again and i'm i'm sure the programs have even gotten more impressive you know i'm thinking of the alabama's lsu's and and all that comes with that but especially in football in these larger teams there are so many guys who are treated for four years like stars and celebrities on campus and now they have to transition to the professional world where like you just said they're you know bottom in on the totem pole here so you know any advice for those folks out there you know what they can expect or, or what they should do in preparation for that 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 because that's got to be a tough transition one that i yeah. haven't i never experienced and, and i definitely empathize with yeah, look, it, like it, it's difficult to be the star and get all this attention, and it suddenly you're not right, and and so, um, yeah. To me, again, it goes back to this idea of, of of purpose, right? Like, if your purpose is the sport itself, then that that's really going to be a big struggle because your purpose ends, like it's going to end at some point. And so, how do you attach the reason that you're playing? For, what is it providing for your family? Is it, um you know, what is it for a charity that you've really connected to or whatever it is? Like, um, you, you've got to have a purpose beyond just the sport itself. Um, otherwise it's, it's really going to be a struggle, but, um, but again, and, and again, this is where we saw the opportunity to post like right now it, it is like you, when, when you're a student athlete or professional athlete or whatever, um, and then at some point you're, sports career is going to be over because it ends for everybody. Um, there's nothing to be a part of after that, right? Like sport is over. That chapter of your life is done. And, and that's where it, that didn't make sense for me. And so now hopefully the post is the thing that 
now as an athlete, I can still go get plugged into the locker room. I can still get those type of experiences with those type of people. I could go into the clubhouse that the post has in New York city and, and watch games and compete a little bit, or like, we want to have competitive sports. Like I, I suck at golf. Right. Like, and I think that's, that's where everyone turns to, to have some sort of competitive outlet um, when, when they get older. And, uh, but I miss, I miss playing on the field. And so can we, I'm not, I'm not going to go play flag football, but like we'll have softball tournaments in central park or pick up basketball leagues or pickleball is the new hot thing, right? Like pickleball leagues and tournaments and stuff. And, and so you can still tap into that part of who you've been since you were a kid. And, and, uh, and so hopefully that eases some of the transition, right? You can still be a part of uh, something that you were used to being part of when you played on team sports. But I think, it'll always be a struggle for guys that had all this attention and, uh, and then they basically get none. And hopefully that's, that's a time to, to self-assess and, and discover who you really are outside of sports and um, really kind of take a deep dive because it is hard when you're playing, you're so focused on, on sports, especially football. You're so focused on football. Cause that's my experience. Like you don't have time to think about who you are outside of it. Um, and so there's a real opportunity to do that when, when the lights are turned off, and you know you're not getting all these big interviews or whatever like yeah it's it's not the best feeling but it's a good time to look internally and figure out who am i outside of just being a football star so the the hard-hitting question here is is your best sport now pickleball is that, is that where we're at <laughs> i uh i won't i'm not great i'm not great uh <laughs> i just started playing drew stanton who's a buddy of mine played in the NFL for a while um yeah. drew's really good um, and so he spanks me. I, I want to get better. The problem with New York city is there's not really infrastructure for pickleball yet. Um, I know everywhere else it's like become the new hot thing. And, and so hopefully New York catches up a little bit, but, uh, but I, I enjoy playing that. I, I play in some pickup basketball leagues, even though I'm a, I'm atrocious basketball player. Um, but I just, again, I just need, I got some competitive juice that I need to like, I yeah. need to do something. And so, um, so I, I, I still compete a little bit. Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. These, uh, the softball games in central Park are it's pretty strong case for me to move back to New York. I, yeah. uh, I enjoyed that during my time there. That's um, good. I guess maybe looking forward, like what's, you know, you're getting, you're getting ready to, to launch. Where do you see the post maybe in the next one, two years and maybe a little bit longer term. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Look, I, I think, Hopefully we just, what we want to become is, is we want to be synonymous with the place that athletes turn to when they hang up their, their cleats or, or whatever, when they're, when their sports career, their playing days are over. Um, they just naturally become a part of the post. And uh, our, our hope is to shift um, the, the whole narrative around what it means to be an athlete and, and especially to be a, a post sport athlete. And, you know, what's funny is, uh, you know, statistics are like 52% of, of women in the C-suite today are former collegiate athletes. Um, an outsized number of Fortune 500 CEOs were former collegiate athletes. 15 in the last 21 U.S. presidents were former collegiate athletes. Um, that's a, you know, and they only make up a little over 2% of the U.S. population. And so, I mean, that's, that's tremendous outperformance compared to, to the regular population. So it's crazy to me that we still view athletes as dumb jobs. Um, and so our hope is to tell more of those stories, to have an impact on, you know, every athlete, hopefully every athlete's, you know, career and life after sport when they're done playing. And, 
and just be a part of that journey. And, um, and I, you know, there's a real opportunity to, to do that and, and help people get better professionally, personally, whatever they want to get better at. And, and, uh, and, and so it'll be fun for me. I mean, I, I just want to be a part of it. Again, I, I just have the opportunity to, to bring it to life. But um, if someone else was building this, I'd be a, I'd be a part of it today. Uh, it just, it's just not there yet. Uh, Christian, I, you know, I thank you for your time today. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I hope this is a start of a relationship between us and you, and hopefully we can have you all back on at a later date, especially yeah. the, the post launches uh, in 2023 and can talk about that. You know, I guess last question before we, we let you go here, you played for some pretty legendary coaches uh, at Florida state. Any advice that like the late great Bobby Bowden gave to you that you know, you'd you'd impart on other folks? Anything that would really stuck yeah. out? I'm, I'm interested. Well, I, I think it goes back to that purpose conversation. I think you know Coach Bowden was uh, you know was, was a re very religious guy. I think, but he attached his purpose. I think it was so successful um, because his purpose wasn't just down to football. And so I don't think he felt the same pressures that every coach felt. He really cared about his relationships with each player and with each coach, but you know, his purpose was far beyond just being a football coach. And I think for us as athletes and for us as business professionals, like it can't just be about the sport. It can't be just about the business. It's got to be about our relationships and something beyond ourselves. And um, you know, I think that, you know, when it's hard, it, it, it keeps us motivated to, to get through it. And um, you know, so much about life is, is about relationships. And so, um, I know a lot of people are feeling lonely out there. I know a lot of people are dealing with transitions that are hard and, um, and hopefully, you know, you're not alone. I mean, you're not alone, you know, so, you know, so much of this is about, about relationships, but coach Bowden was, was really good at that and was a tremendous human being. And he coached my dad and, and coached, you know, I had the opportunity to play for him as well. And um, was, was really tremendous. And that's, yeah, that's great. I, I, that's, I think that's a, great way to end the, the segment here today and, and really the focus on purpose. I think that's going to touch a lot of people and help a lot of younger athletes refocus and, and really think about, you know, that next stage of life. Yeah. Well, hopefully, but I appreciate the conversation, the opportunity to, to come on uh, your podcast. It was uh, it was a good conversation. All right. Yeah, appreciate Thanks, the time. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you.